This is the 10-Minute Law Firm Podcast, brought to you by Rocket Matter. This is the 10-Minute Law Firm Podcast. I'm your host, Larry Port, CEO of Rocket Matter, world's most amazing legal software, and hottest brand on the legal tech scene since Aught 8. So today, we're talking to Bob Ambrosi, who is a legal tech legend. Uh, among other things, you may know Bob from his Law Sites blog, and he, where he covers all things legal tech related. And he recently ended a 13-year run of the Lawyer to Lawyer podcast when podcasts were like barely even a thing. So Bob, welcome and thanks for being with me today. Thanks a lot for having me, Larry. Good to talk to you. So Bob, before we get into all this, can we, I was just wondering if we could maybe like talk to our audience a little bit because I know this, but I don't think people who stumble across your blog or your podcast know this. Like you have a very storied involvement with journalism beginning in your early days as a professional, correct? Could you share a little bit about that with us? <laughs> storied, I don't know, but lengthy for sure. I mean, I, <laughs> right. I, I actually, uh, Although I've been a lawyer for most of my career, I actually went to law school in order to get ahead in journalism. I was a journalist before I went to law school, and uh, I went to law school hoping to advance my career in journalism. I worked uh, in, over the course of my career as a lawyer. I've probably spent uh, at this point uh, an equal amount of time working uh, full time in journalism and, and practicing law. But I, I was uh, originally with uh, a company here in Boston where I'm based uh, called Lawyers Weekly, which has since been acquired and reacquired and reacquired by various other companies. But uh, I was the editor-in-chief of their their newspaper. And then I went to work for American Lawyer Media in New York where I uh, – uh, Also known as ALM. ALM, right. Uh, I, I, I hate to call it ALM because a lot of people still remember it as American Lawyer Media. But – uh, where I was uh, the editor-in-chief of the National Law Journal and actually the editorial director of a whole division of the company, which was then called Litigation Services, which oversaw a whole bunch of websites and publications, uh, all kind of related to litigation in one way or the other. And uh, even now, in my apart from my blogging and writing about legal technology, my, my law practice is primarily devoted to uh, representing newspapers and I am a, a lobbyist uh, for the newspaper industry here in Massachusetts. Wow. So, I mean, this is uh, more than just like uh, dabbling in journalism. This is editor-in-chief stuff. This is uh, big-time stuff. Journalism is obviously near and dear to your heart, as it is mine. My wife is a journalist. Um, you know, just out of curiosity, you know, as someone who is a lawyer and who works in the journalism field, you see a lot of attacks on the media these days coming specifically from the president uh, about, um, you know, even going so far as to change libel laws. In your opinion, is this just like posturing or is this something that we need to be concerned about or what are your thoughts on this issue? I think it's frightening. I, I think it's more than posturing on his part. I, I think, you know, the the first thing any one who aspires to be a tyrant does is to try and shut down a free press. Uh, you know, that's what's happened uh, in, in the, the most oppressive and frightening dictatorships we've seen in the world. And, and I think that's what uh, our current president would love to be able to do. Uh, silence the press, silence his critics and be able to run with uh, run amok, so to speak. How do you think that the uh, our institutions, specifically regarding the press, are holding up in the current environment? 
Well, I, I think I think the irony of what he's been doing in some ways is that the press is stronger than it's been in a while. Uh, you know, we, we, we hear all about the fact that the New York Times, the Washington Post, uh, any number of other publications are seeing their subscriptions go up, not down during this administration. The uh, Boston Globe recently coordinated a nationwide effort in which uh, newspapers all across the country uh, agreed on the same day to editorialize about the importance of a free press. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's that's all good stuff. I, I, I do worry uh, that it does get harder and harder to uh, for the average consumer to kind of distinguish. Uh, this isn't Trump's fault necessarily. This is more maybe Facebook's fault or Twitter's fault to distinguish between you know, uh, real news and fake news. Uh, uh, but uh, I think that's something that, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to sort out. There are certainly a number of efforts made. Uh, Steve Brill used to actually founded American Lawyer Media way back when has a uh, company going now that basically helps you, uh, you know, it's a plug in for your browser that basically helps you evaluate whether something is good news or, or fake news. So uh, I right. think we're moving so in the right direction. It- Actually, I think I've tooled around with this uh, plugin. Uh, what's it called again, and where can people I, find I'm it? I'm blanking on what it's called too. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> right. Google, okay. Google Steve Brill. It'll uh, be on the show yeah. notes. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and one thing that's kind of interesting is that you know you've been in journalism for a while, and you've also adapted to I, I would say much better than most people um, the different forms and permutations that it's um, seen. Um, so how do you do that? Like you, you started podcasting 13 years ago. Like, can, can you use that as a story? Like, um, can you talk about a little bit about the beginning of the lawyer to lawyer podcast and, um, how you even, how you adapt and, and or is it just out of curiosity? For me, it is actually a lot of curiosity. I like, I like playing around with technology. I'm curious about technology. I really got big time interested in legal technology uh, at, uh, I, I bounced back and forth a number of times in my career between uh, working in media and practicing law. Uh, and uh, at one of those times when I was uh, back practicing law was, was really one of the times when I started to get most interested in technology in terms of figuring out what, you know, how I could use it in my own practice, how I could save money, how I could be more efficient, be more economical. Uh, so I've always been curious about technology. The, the podcasting thing, really, there weren't a lot of podcasts back then. Uh, it, it was it was a thing, but it wasn't a big thing. Uh, but um, I'd been curious about it, and I'd reached out to uh, uh, these people who had just started something called the Legal Talk Network, where they were doing uh, audio interviews with, with lawyers. They'd done a couple of interviews with F. Lee Bailey and whatnot. They weren't calling it podcasts at that point. Right, but uh, they they want they were interested in starting a podcast, and uh, they had this idea for getting a uh, kind of a, a left leaning and a right leaning lawyer together on the same show to uh, talk about issues. Uh, and as it happened, uh, uh, I teamed up with Craig Williams, who was on the West Coast, and I was on the East Coast, and I was supposed to be the lefty, and he was supposed to be the righty, although. We tended to agree more than anything else, but uh, we just we really just started it as a lark. Just it was kind of fun uh, for Craig. It was more about trying to get you know raise his profile as a lawyer, get some business for me. It was really just trying to test out a new technology that I hadn't used before. So and then it went thirteen years. And by the way, I remember so so it's two thousand eighteen right now. So this would have been two thousand five. I remember listening to my first podcast, the first one I ever 
found was This Week in Tech because it was like one of the only ones that was out there. And I had to like jump through hoops to be able to listen to it in my car, um, attaching an iPod somehow to my speakers. Um, So I remember those days. Yeah. Um, So then let me. uh, So you've been doing this for 13 years. It's considered like one of the cornerstone uh, podcasts and out there for legal. So let me ask you what, um, why did you decide to kind of like write a new chapter? So I decided to start my own podcast, which is called Law Next and shameless promotion. You can find it at lawnext.com. Um, a couple of reasons. One really was that the, the format of, of lawyer to lawyer was uh, general news. Uh, we would, we would do an interview with, you know, we'd have a couple of guests on and talk about issues in the current news. But my own interests had really uh, evolved. My own writing and interests have really uh, tended to concentrate more on legal technology and you know everything that's going on. There's so much going on in the legal tech world right now in terms of innovation, uh, and I, I wanted to focus more on that uh, than than I could do with that show. So that's really the focus of my new podcast is is kind of innovation and entrepreneurship and law, and uh, and I wanted to be a little more nimble. I wanted to be able to kind of you know, record somebody, you know, if this, if something broke in the news today, I wanted to be able to try and get the person on the phone, talk about it, and maybe get the show posted tomorrow and, um, and, and be a little more, um, just also kind of get my hands dirty a little bit. I, I, they, when you work with Legal Talk Network, one of the great things is they do all the work. I mean, I show up, <laughs> show up and do the interviews, but they, they do a great uh, they job. They do all the engineering. They do all the marketing. They do, uh, they help line up the guests. They even prepare, you know, a discussion outline of, of topics you might want to talk about. Uh, and, uh, I, I really just, I felt like I wanted to dive in and feel a little bit more directly like what it is to do it myself. Um, and then, and then another a major another big reason for me was simply a, it's given me an I'm doing it with my son uh, who's uh, uh, an audio and video uh, engineer and, and uh, videographer based in California and so it's an opportunity to work with him and, and that's kind of cool. No, that's that's a great thing. Um, you know, um, I, sometimes I call well a lot of times I you know I'm involved with uh, my dad too with uh, you know he used to run businesses so. It gives me an excuse to always like reach out to him. So it's a, it's a great thing to be able to like kind of like extend the relationship in that direction. Um, let me. Uh, yeah, now he has to answer my texts. Yeah, he has to. <laughs> you know, there's no way around it. So it's perfect. Um, so, OK, uh, let's let's steer this thing back a little bit towards kind of like what you're seeing then. You're you're you recently came back from ILTA, which is this uh, show for very large law firms uh, every August. And um, I would love to hear what your impressions were from ILTA and kind of like overall trends. Like what's really exciting right now? What what frontiers are people exploring that uh, really are capturing your interest? Uh, yeah, ILTA is, you know, it's, it's an enormous uh, international legal technology conference. Uh, it is focused on larger firm and the large firm sector. It was uh, it was interesting to go to it. Not a lot sort of new there this year um, over over. I mean, last year, like everybody was buzzing about artificial intelligence there. And this year, that's sort of almost feels, you know, old school. People aren't, aren't talking about about it with the same sort of sense of wonder. And what does this all mean? Well, not only uh, that, it seemed like there was maybe some pullback from all the hoopla a little bit on on AI and its impact 
uh, on legal technology, or did I read that one wrong? Well, um, I don't know if there was pullback so much as just just to, you know, there's. I, I think everybody still believes greatly in the potential of it. I think we're seeing some refinement of it. I mean, you know, just this week there was news that. Uh, uh, Kira Systems, which is one of the earlier uh, companies to develop a machine learning platform for contract analysis, uh, yesterday, as we're as we're recording this today, yesterday they announced they just got a fifty million dollar investment. Uh, I think it's the largest to date in an AI le- company in the legal space. Um, so you know, it's not it's, that's not pushback. Uh, there, that's some serious money, and that was a minority investment. So that that. That gives this company a, a, a pretty high valuation, somewhere north of $100 million. Uh, you know, Thomson Reuters uh, just came out with its new Westlaw Edge just before ILTA, which is its kind of AI-powered uh, iteration of its legal research platform. So there's not AI, there's not pushback against AI, but there is, I think, we're starting to see maybe the maturing of of it uh, within the industry uh, and uh maybe a little more realistic assessment of, of what it can and cannot do. Interesting. Um, do you happen to know if these uh, AI companies, are they provide, are they creating their own AI engines or are they leveraging tools like Watson or other uh, major AI platforms to uh, power their platforms? Well, it depends. I, there's, I mean, there depends on the company and depends on their approach. I mean, uh, Kira, Kira, Built its own technology. Uh, Thomson Reuters uh, has a uh, uh, a lab up in uh, Toronto uh, where it develops its own artificial intelligence. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I recently recorded a uh, an interview for my new podcast with the with the head of that lab uh, that hasn't been posted yet, but it'll be up in the next week or so. Um, but other companies are just licensing uh, licensing other people's AI um, or acquiring it. You know, something like iManage last year acquired Raven, which was a, a UK company that had developed uh, uh, machine learning technology uh, for contract review. And uh, iManage uh, acquired that company and has incorporated that technology within its platform. Now, let me ask you a question. Are a lot of these um, AI platforms, are they within uh, budgetary reach? of like smaller law firms, let's say like maybe up to like 50 employees, or do you need like major big law firm budgets to be able to access these things? For a lot of them, you need major major law firm budgets to be able to access these things. I mean, the, the, the thrust of the development and investment in AI has been at, in, in building platforms that will serve larger law firms and corporate clients. Uh, so that's that's where a lot of the the investment money has been going. Uh, you know, Kira Systems that I just mentioned that just got the fifty million dollars. Most of their clients are large law firms or corporate legal departments. Uh, there, there's not we're not seeing a lot of a investment in AI technology for smaller firms. There's some development going on there. Not not to say that, that there isn't anything going on, but uh, not a lot. Gotcha. So, um, in your opinion, so so you're seeing this kind of trend for like larger law firms. What what kind of innovations are you seeing for the smaller law firms out there? And I don't know if this is more near and dear to your heart because it's the kind of firm you run. Um, but um, are you seeing uh, a lot of new trends in that arena? 
You know, I think the the most innovative developments for smaller firms continue to be in the very area in which you labor on a daily basis, Larry, which is <laughs> in, in trying to help firms uh, better and more efficiently managing their practice through software. Um, and, you know, you've been doing this for a, a long time. And, and yeah. uh, as, as I've reported, you were you were the first one out of the gate with, with, a, with a cloud-based uh, practice management there we software go. way back when. Uh, and uh, it, it's... You know, there's 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 all sorts of cool stuff going on in terms of products being built for for small firm lawyers, but I think they tend to hover around this ecosystem of helping lawyers practice manage their practices more efficiently and get more done uh, and automate more of the things that can be automated so that they can spend more time practicing law. Um, so you know, that's that's really where the, the the interesting stuff is, I think, for smaller firms. The stuff well, that's that really, good news, the stuff that really affects smaller firm lawyers. I mean, there's, there's, there's sort of hypothetically interesting stuff or conceptually interesting stuff out there that you hear people talk about. But if, if you talk to lawyers about what matters to them the most, it, it's really getting a good practice management software or some of the ancillary tools like intake software or, you know, uh, billing or, or invoicing or, or payments or, or whatever. Well, good. Um, to that note, we're happy to continue innovating in that arena. Um and, uh, you know, it makes me happy that that law firms are focused on this now. I, you know, it used to be a couple of years ago where um, words like revenue and profits were things that I really wasn't supposed to say. But it seems like uh, that tide has turned a little bit and more and more small law firms are really realizing that there is a relationship between the level of client service that you provide and, and maybe the economic result. So, um you know, I, I like seeing that trend because I, I think it means happier lawyers and I think it means happier clients, too. Um, Makes sense. Bob. So. All right. So one last time. Do you want to let us know exactly where we can find your new podcast? You can go to lawnext.com. All right. And um, so, Bob, thank you very much for your time today. I do appreciate it. And well, thanks, we will catch you next time on the 10 Minute Law Firm podcast. This is the 10-Minute Law Firm Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and don't forget to rate and review so we can keep bringing you awesome content. Bye.